Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. All right, the final half hour here today, 403-974-TALK is our number. Uh, so this Robin Hood flower recall is uh, growing to right across the country. The initial recall was for consumers here in Alberta, as well as B.C., Saskatchewan, and Manitoba. It's now been expanded to the uh, entire country. So again, the, the affected flower, if you want to double check what you might have in your, your cupboard, it's a flower that carries a best before date of April 17th, 2018. There have been 25 cases of E. coli infection in Alberta, B.C., Saskatchewan, and Newfoundland and Labrador. Uh, some people have had to go to hospital. Fortunately, nobody has died. It's, and that's what makes the story a little weird is because we don't associate E. coli infections with, with flour. Right? If you, if you hear that there's been a, a product recall due to E. coli, maybe your first thought would be, well, it's got to be a hamburger, some kind of meat. So that, that's unusual, which I guess begs the question then of well, how does that happen? How does flour get contaminated this way? What does it mean if you've baked something with that flour? Does the heat of the oven kill the, the bacterium? And if not, does that mean that they're going to be, it's going to be more than just flour? Are we going to see actual baked goods recalled? I mean, do companies buy this flour to make bread or other products? Anyway, joining us for some thoughts on all this, very pleased to welcome the program here this afternoon, Scott Lougheed, is PhD candidate in the School of Environmental Studies at Queen's University. Scott, thanks so much for joining us here. Welcome to the program. Well, thanks very much for having me, Rob. It's a pleasure. All right. Well, I mean, has something like this happened before? I don't remember hearing of a, a flower recall, not, not for these reasons. Well, this certainly isn't the first flower recall for E. coli, and it, I don't think it'll be the last. Uh, in fact, this comes on the heels of a massive uh, flower recall in the United States for E. coli 0121, which is exactly the same situation here in Canada, uh, just last year. And they, again, had uh, double-digit illnesses, and uh, uh, they also had a, a relatively large number of Secondary recalls, companies who bought flour from General Mills wholesale who had to recall their pastries and baking mixes because that flour was also potentially contaminated. Um, so this is, this is not unprecedented, and uh, this is still early days. Uh, one confirmed illness, 24 are being investigated. A lot of the people in that group have said they've had contact with Robin and flour. So we'll see how this shakes down in the coming weeks. Yeah, it's tough, especially with something like flour, to think back and what you might have eaten or what you might have been been doing. Um, so, that, yeah, that makes it tough. But, let, I mean, talk about how flour, I mean, we think of E. coli as like the hamburger thing, right? Undercooked meat, there's the risk of E. coli. So what, what's happening here with the flour? Well, I think the thing to remember about flour, and this is something we all know but we all forget, is that flour comes to us as a raw product. And guess what? It's grown in fields outdoors. And there's bacteria outdoors. There are animals that come and walk through fields, defecate in fields, and despite farmers' attempts to control them, they still do that sort of thing. And when the wheat is harvested, some of that material comes with it. And if that flour is not cooked, and again, 
the flour that we pick up off the shelves in stores, it's raw. Uh, that, those E. coli uh, cells don't get inactivated. They don't get heated uh, until, of course, we cook it. And in your introduction, you had to ask whether or not cooking was enough. And in a big loaf of bread or some cookies, uh, absolutely, that heat would inactivate those E. coli uh, bacteria. But, uh, um, but in, in its raw form, uh, it, it could potentially be... Uh, uh, cause it to become sick. Right. And, and yeah, um, typically so, when you're, you're baking, I mean, you know, you, you see flour kind of <laughs> splashes across the counter, or I guess, you know, there's temptation that, you know, hey, this, this cookie dough, people love eating cookie dough. That, that's raw flour in there, right? And that's really the crux of, of the issue and what makes flour particularly challenging um, <clears throat> in terms of, of managing these risks. We use flour for so many different things inside the kitchen and, in fact, outside of the kitchen, whether it's making uh, paper mache or uh, homemade Play-Doh for children. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of things that we do. Uh, and, in those, and, you know, again, if we're making flour, we're going to roll out, or if we're making bread, we're going to roll that bread out on our counter with flour dusted all over the place. I mean, how many times have you put a bag of flour in your shopping cart and it bellows out flour right then and there? Right. Um, you know, and, and this comes down to um, something that was... Uh, prevalent in the U.S. recall last year, a lot of the cases of illness didn't come from people who reported eating raw dough. It came from people who have made contact with that flour, probably in the context of baking bread or some other type of product. So a lot of the time, it's not because we've eaten raw cookie dough, for example. It's because we've cross-contaminated something else in our kitchen. Well, and yeah, that's an important point. Now, the, the recall is specific, uh, right, about a specific batch. And I know even at home, we have some Robin Hood flour. We check the expiry date. I mean, it's close to this date, but it's not the date in the recall. So, I mean, so how should people approach this? If they have flour at home, or maybe it's from a different company, it's not subject to this recall, but should they still be careful about how they handle it? Absolutely. So I think, you know, if you have flour that isn't subject to the recall, there's some things you can do. First of all, if it is listed in the recall notice from the CFIA, dispose of it, take it to the store and get a refund, whatever. Don't use it. It's not worth the risk. If you have other flour, I think there's some general practices that consumers can, can take with them to, you know, minimize the risk to some extent. And that's, um, you know, just don't eat raw cookie dough and raw batter. I know that's hard to resist the temptation to, to eat those things. They're delicious. But we can reduce our risk by not consuming those things. The other thing is to um, use some of the principles that a lot of people would apply when handling meat. We would be very unlikely to place a cooked steak on a plate that contained raw steak juice, right? We would choose a clean plate. We should think about the same thing when we're dealing with finished uh, cooked baked products. Don't put that baked loaf of bread or those cookies back on the counter that has raw flour on it or where you let the dough rise. You know, clean those surfaces, provide clean surfaces to cooked products. Um, wash your hands and be careful to clean, uh, um, when you handle raw dough and be careful not to get raw flour and raw dough on, you know, cabinet handles or on other surfaces. Um, but really the, the trouble is, as we've discussed, it's hard to control flour. It's practically dust. It gets everywhere. So there's a, the onus really is on industry and regulators to figure out a way uh, to help minimize the risk upstream. But that's really challenging. They face a bit of an uphill battle. And by the way, I mean, do you think this is going to expand? Do you think that there are baked goods that, that are being sold or any other kind of, of finished product that in, contains flour that might end up caught in, caught in this recall if baked goods are, are safe, though? Well, uh, that's, it's going to come down a little bit through a risk management decision on the parts of those companies. So if you have companies who sell baked 
uh, product, pastry, for example, they're going to have to decide whether or not they take the, the, the risk or what the risk is of selling that baked product, knowing that it can take, that they use flour that would potentially be contaminated. In other cases, you get things like baking mixes, Betty Crocker baking mixes or, you know, box, box cakes. And those contain raw flour. And so those are cases where you actually do risk the consumer cross-contaminating. So, uh, We'll start to see secondary recalls if there are any. Probably in the coming weeks, they take a little longer to come up because uh, companies have to figure out where they bought the flour from, what products it was used in. Um, but certainly, there's a possibility. It was it was the case in the U.S. There was lots of secondary recalls. I think there's a strong chance that could happen here. Robinhood is owned by Smuckers. It's a big company. They do a lot of business. They very likely do have wholesale customers who could be implicated. And we just uh, got the announcement last month that uh, Health Canada has uh, is going to allow the irradiation of ground beef, which would help kill uh, these these bacteria like E. coli. Is this something we could do for flour? Is this something we should do? That's a really good point. Irradiation is one way to control pathogens in flour. The trouble with irradiation is it's, uh, it suffers a bit of a public uh, image uh, problem. People don't really like the idea of irradiation, um, even though it's something that like you said, is now allowed uh, with ground beef. It's something that we've been doing to spices for a very long time. Um, but there's a couple of issues. Uh, in addition to the public image problem is uh, the, the fact that it's expensive to get irradiation equipment. And if we make that a regulatory requirement, we're going to edge out a lot of smaller independent millers who can't afford irradiation equipment in their facilities. And that might not be favorable for a, a diverse market for flour milling. So there's that challenge, too. And the other option is heat treating. It's possible to heat treat flour to a temperature that kills the pathogen. But the big trade-off there is that really reduces the functional properties of that flour. It reduces the gluten potential. And we like gluten to give us chewy bread and light cakes. Mm-hmm. And consumers and, and wholesalers aren't going to like flour that doesn't work well. Uh, so it's a bit of a catch-22. We're going to have to figure out what kind of messages we want to uh, the regulators want to provide uh, consumers for handling flour in the home, and industries can have to figure out how to reduce the risk upstream. And there's no easy answer. Yeah, unfortunately not. Well, Scott, we'll leave it there. Uh, some great insight. Thanks so much for joining us here today. Appreciate it. Thank you very much, Rob. All right, take care. Scott Lougheed, PhD candidate in the School of Environmental Studies at Queen's University. So some interesting thoughts on why this is a potential problem and what we could possibly do about it. 403-974-TALK is our number here, 974-8255. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.